The scripture reading is Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Beginning in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Growing up, every Wednesday night, because Wednesday afternoons and evenings were short and rushed, we basically had spaghetti every week for dinner because it was incredibly easy and incredibly quick. Another dish that we had almost every week, at least a couple or three times a month, was chicken casserole. And I really liked chicken casserole. I didn't dislike spaghetti, but chicken casserole was by far my favorite dish that we had on a consistent basis growing up. So much so that it is the dish that I had that I requested for my birthday each year. So every year growing up, that's what I would request on my birthday. As I got older, sometimes I would request an entire casserole just for me. I hope as we come to Psalm 23 this morning that it's less like spaghetti and more like chicken casserole. It is a very familiar psalm. But I hope that it is rich and beneficial and helpful for all of us. I have enjoyed looking at it over the past several days, couple weeks, and and trust that the Lord will help us as we consider it this morning. It is incredibly familiar. Uh, The danger is that the familiarity can conceal the benefits and blessings that are found in this wonderful psalm. Blessings like peace and rest and satisfaction. It is remarkable literature, the way it's written so eloquent, marked with simplicity, yet with wonder and awe. And though David penned it long ago, if you're a Christian this morning, when we read it, surely you too can say, I could have written that. That's the story of my life. Not as eloquently and not as metrically, but is it not your story too? Is it not a reality that the Lord, being your shepherd, you do not lack anything, and he grants all that we need? I've titled this morning, Sheep Talk. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you talk like this? 
Can you talk like this? Would you like to talk like this? The Lord is my shepherd. We need a shepherd. The picture here, that the metaphor that's being used, points out not only is God our shepherd, but we are sheep. And sheep are dependent. Therefore, we need a shepherd. Sheep are vulnerable. Therefore, we need a shepherd. Sheep are incapable of doing what is right and expected. Therefore, we need a shepherd. I mentioned that we are dependent. We are prone naturally to independency. And really, we spend all of our lives trying to be independent from God, from authority. That's naturally the bent until Christ saves us. We're dependent and we need a shepherd. We're not just dependent, but we're also foolish. Sheep are foolish. They are very easily lost. They are incredibly prone to just wandering off on their own way, always seeking greener grass. We are foolish, and therefore we need a shepherd. Sheep are also stubborn. When you try to clean a sheep, a real sheep, they, they fight it. Really, they have to be taken off their feet and made to float before you can actually do any good because they fight the water so much. They, they fight being rescued. They resist it. We are stubborn and need a shepherd. When David is writing this psalm, he knew what it was to be a shepherd. It's, it's what he did. He had grown up doing it from his childhood. But more than knowing what it was like to be a shepherd, David knew how much he himself needed a shepherd. David's not writing this from his shepherding expertise. He's writing it from his sheeping expertise. He knows that he needs a shepherd. He knew what it was like to be a wandering sheep. He knew what it was like to be surrounded by enemies He knew what it was like to be attacked from within his own sheepfold. Psalm 23 provides us a glimpse into reality, into what life is really like. Life is not just green pastures and quiet waters. Life also ventures ventures through the valley of death. Life faces evil and enemies. So while Psalm 23 is not idyllic, it's not unrealistic either. It actually is a glimpse for us into reality. So, sheep talk. The Lord is my shepherd. Can we talk like that? And if you can't, wouldn't you like to? Two points that I want to consider this morning. Point one, a confident declaration. That confident declaration is this, the Lord is my shepherd. Point two, a comforting deduction. The comforting deduction is this, I shall not want. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The whole of the psalm can stand on verse 1. So many people know this psalm. So many of us know this psalm. So many people across the world know and are familiar with this psalm. My hope is to emphasize the need for us to consider not just knowing the psalm as wonderful and majestic as it is, but the need to know the shepherd of Psalm 23, the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. You can know him. You can know this shepherd. You should know him. A confident declaration, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, unlike many other psalms, is not a prayer. It's not a prayer at all. It's actually a statement of faith. I probably gave that away by titling the first point, a confident declaration. It is a statement of faith. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a confident declaration. If you're a Christian, this psalm, the 23rd psalm, is your personal creed. The Lord is my shepherd. This is not the only place in Scripture where a shepherd is referenced. Isaiah 40, here is your God. Behold your God. The Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. This great, glorious God who rules and who has rewards for his people and brings about recompense. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, the prophet writes, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. This is a shepherd. Or Genesis 48, when Jacob or Israel is blessing his sons. The God, Jacob says, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. Jacob, looking back over the entirety of his life, just before he dies, when he's blessing his son, he recognizes that God has been his shepherd. And the emphasis in the original language here that is caught by been my shepherd is literally the God who kept me from losing it, who kept me from cracking up, if you will. This God, he's been with me from the very beginning, shepherding me all along. Or in Ezekiel 34, when God is pointing out all of the false shepherds, He notes what kind of shepherd he is, a shepherd who cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep. He continues, I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. What a glorious picture that though we are scattered, whether in mind or heart or in reality, if the Lord is our shepherd, he is busy gathering us in drawing us to himself. 1 Peter 2, you were continually straying like sheep, Peter writes, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Even though we are prone to stray away from him, all of us like sheep, 
have gone astray. When God begins to work in our hearts and lives, we return to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. This is Jehovah, the eternal God, the covenant-establishing God. He is my shepherd. The covenant-keeping God. He is my shepherd, David writes. This is the I am who I am. I am the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. This is our shepherd. I am the one without beginning and without end. This is the one who is our shepherd. I am the Lord of life. I am the Lord of glory. This one is our shepherd. I am the Lord over all creation. It's this Lord who is our shepherd. He is Lord over all of history. And he is our shepherd. He is Lord over redemption. And he's our shepherd. He is the Lord God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's our shepherd. He is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. A personal relationship with the I am is being exclaimed here in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah is my shepherd. Jehovah is my God. It is God as our shepherd in the person of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Father choosing out of love each one of his sheep. The Son in love laying down his life as the substitute for every single one of his sheep. The Spirit doing the will of the Father and accomplishing the work of the Son, applying the work of the Son to each individual sheep, bringing them into the fold. The Lord, Father, Son, and Spirit, is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd. John 10, we heard in the complimentary reading, I am the good shepherd. What does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But he's not just the good shepherd. Hebrews 13, the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you to do every good thing to do his will. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life. He's the great shepherd who accomplishes everything in us to do the will of God. And he's the chief shepherd, 1 Peter 5, 4, who will return when the chief shepherd appears. You will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now, these three pictures of the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd are also pictured here in the Psalms for us, back to back to back. We're in the middle one here this morning in Psalm 23. But if you just look back to Psalm 22, verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we hear the echoes of Jesus on the cross as the good shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. The shepherd redeemer giving himself for us. And the great shepherd 
guiding us, equipping us. He guides me in the paths of righteousness in Psalm 23. And the chief shepherd who will come, Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O gates, lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. This shepherd keeper will keep us to the very end when he returns in glory to take us home. We could even consider Psalm 22, 23, and 24 in this way, that, that all three of them very, go together very well. They fit together. Psalm 22 is often considered the cross of the shepherd laying down his life. Psalm 23 is the crook of the shepherd guiding us in all righteousness, the staff of the shepherd. In Psalm 24, the crown of the shepherd. He will return to be glorified in his saints. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. But we're looking just at Psalm 23. Look with me now at verses 1 through 3 and then verse 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And that third person reference returns to book in the psalm in verse 6. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the Lord, he, he, him, he, the Lord. But right in the middle, sandwiched in between these bookends, verses 4 and 5, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. Not he anymore, but you. It becomes more personal in the second person here. You are with me. It's your rod. It's your staff that are comforting me. It's you preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's you anointing my head with oil, making my cup overflow. And while we're considering grammar here for just a little window this morning, notice the first person pronouns that show up. The Lord is a shepherd. That's a true statement. It's not near as personal as the Lord is my shepherd. He's not just a shepherd. He's my shepherd. Charles Spurgeon said the sweetest word in the entire 23rd Psalm is the single syllable word, my. The Lord is not the shepherd of the world at large. Martin Luther said regarding this, the heart of religion lies in the personal pronouns. In fact, I would venture to guess, if you look down at your Bible, it's probably a terrible thing for me to suggest that you do right now while I'm still up here talking, but this afternoon when you have free, count the personal pronouns twice and see if you get the same number both times. There are so many, it's easy to miscount. There are so many I'm scared to say how many I think there are. <laughs> it's 17 at least. Just, just look. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me. He leads me, pardon, besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again and again, like Luther said, the heart of religion lies in these personal pronouns. And, and we can agree with Spurgeon at some level that the sweetest word in this is the one that applies it all to us. It, it's a glorious truth, absolutely, that God is good and that he is a shepherd. But it's all the more glorious that he's become our shepherd. If we can talk like sheep and say, the Lord is my shepherd, then the psalm becomes all the sweeter. These personal pronouns are like steel clasps that bind us to God. And they don't let go. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he? Is he your shepherd? We need a shepherd. We need a shepherd to redeem us from our sin, to own us, and to keep us. Remember, we're dependent, we're foolish, we're stubborn. We need a shepherd. A shepherd like Christ who redeems his sheep. We need a good shepherd who lays down his life. For the sheep. We need Christ to not only redeem us, but to own us. The ownership of the shepherd is reflected by a marking. We, we are more likely to see marking on cattle than sheep around here. There aren't a lot of sheep, but sheep typically are earmarked. When we talk about earmark, we are talking about like folding over a page in a book. If you find a book I'm reading, you will find a page folded over. That's how I mark them. But they would, they would notch the sheep's ear when they were young with a knife. And it, it was an intimate relational dealing. There's blood involved. Laying the ear onto a rock and taking a sharp knife and making the mark. And it noted ownership. Of that sheep to that shepherd. It was not just marking them, but the shepherds would name their sheep. Distinct names. Which gave the sheep security. They were an individual. They weren't just a mass. Revelation 2.17. We're promised to receive a new name. Christ owns his sheep. He redeems us. He owns us, he marks us, he names us, and he keeps us. Of all that God the Father has given me, Christ said, I lose a few here and there. No, nothing. John 6, 39, I lose nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Sheep talk gets all the sweeter when we realize how glorious the shepherd is. This confident declaration of who God is is matched by the experience of what God has done, which is the second half of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. The confident declaration produces a comforting deduction. Ask the question, so what? To the statement, the Lord is my shepherd. So what? What does that mean? It means 
that we shall not want. By implication and by inference, because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not lack anything. The life of the unbeliever is an entire life of wants. I want this, I want that. I need this, I need that. If only I had this, if only I had that. It's not just unbelievers. The the entire life of an unbeliever is that way. We struggle with it even as believers. But we ought to fight to believe that for those who are in Christ, we do not lack any good thing. Psalm 34.10, they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Not, I shall not desire anything, but I shall not lack any good thing. No lack. None whatsoever. Not now. Not ever. Is it true that if the Lord is our shepherd, that we will not lack any good thing? God, who is good and does good, according to Psalm 119, verse 68, determines what is good. He alone is good. That's what Jesus says to us, Luke 18, 19. No one is good except God alone. So he knows what is good. And he's a good shepherd. So he's going to give us all that we need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that include? In verse 2, it includes that all of our provisions will be granted. In verse 3, it includes that our paths will be guided. In verse 4, that protection will be given. In verse 5, that people will be guarded. In verse 6, that perpetual goodness will follow us all the days of our lives. I shall not want for provisions because God will grant them. I shall not want for pathways because God will guide. I shall not lack protection because it will be given. I shall not lack being guarded because as being people of God, he guards us. We shall not lack any goodness or mercy. He promises it perpetually. He is the eternal God. And he only and always gives good gifts to his children. So if the Lord is our shepherd, we will not lack, verse 2, nourishment or rest or refreshment. If the Lord is our shepherd, we will not lack, verse 3, restoration or guidance or courage or protection If the Lord is our shepherd, we will not lack, verse 4, fellowship or comfort. If the Lord is our shepherd, we will not lack, verse 5, provision, healing, blessing, sanctification. If the Lord is our shepherd, we will not lack goodness, mercy, and eternal glory. How? How is it possible? Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. This is how it's possible because this is the shepherd 
that has become our shepherd. With God, you will not lack anything that you need, not in this life and not in the next. The danger for us is that we can know this wonderful, familiar psalm without knowing this wonderful shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We must know him. Eternal life is that they may know you, the only true God, Jesus said, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. We ought to seek to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. The Lord is my shepherd. It's only when you know him as your shepherd who laid down his life for you that you experience then him as the shepherd who grants all your provisions and guides all your paths and gives you protection and guards all of his people and is good perpetually towards you. I mentioned previously that the psalm stands or falls on verse 1. Actually, what I said is it can stand on verse 1. It falls without verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That must be true for us. We must know him as the good shepherd who laid down his life for us. We must trust him wholly and fully and completely for his mercy and grace and love, giving ourselves completely to him, repenting of who we are and what we've done and are doing. It's then that he makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside quiet waters and restores our soul and guides us in the paths of righteousness. It's when we know him as our shepherd that we aren't left alone to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's when we know him personally that we fear no evil because we have confidence in knowing him that he's with us his rod and his staff for our comfort. It's necessary that we know him in order for us to have confidence that, it, that he will prepare a table in the presence of our enemies, that he will anoint our head to the point of our cup overflowing. It is absolutely crucial that we know him as our shepherd, as our savior, if we're going to have any confidence or hope that goodness and loving kindness and mercy will follow us, even for a single day, much less every day for the rest of our lives. And if we're going to have any confidence of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever, we ought to have confidence today that he's our shepherd. The good shepherd who laid down his life for needy, sinful sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, the shepherd who redeems us, who owns us, who keeps us, and who welcomes us into the fold. The Lord is my shepherd. What a good, great, chief shepherd, Savior he is. 
His heart beats with unconditional love for his own. His hands rule and guide his sheep away from sin, away from selfishness, away from Satan, away from this world, away from false doctrine. His eyes look after the entirety of his flock, even the wandering ones far from the fold. His ear responds to the voice of every individual sheep when they cry out to him. He'll hear you as you cry out to him. His nearness remains with his people, with his flock, in both majesty and mercy. He never sleeps, never slumbers. His knowledge He knows us internally, externally. He's intimately acquainted with all our weaknesses, every infirmity, each one of our past histories, every sorrow, every joy. And he meets us, he meets all our needs with his shepherding wisdom, his skill. He leads us with precision based on each of our needs. According to our individual tendencies, he applies the right remedy in the right way at the right time. He bolsters the weak with strength. He furnishes the mourning with comfort. His experience, he's not a novice shepherd. If you ask shepherds in those areas of the world where shepherding has been a vocation for a long time, they will say oftentimes many generations are needed to be a capable and competent shepherd. Christ has that, not from a generational standpoint, but he's been leading and guiding and providing for his people for at least 6,000 years. He's an expert shepherd with the best of experience, and he's faithful Consider the faithfulness of the shepherd. He's not a hireling. He doesn't leave his sheep. He doesn't forsake his flock. He fights off the adversaries. He guards the door from intruders, guarding it with his strength. Consider the shepherd's strength. With his rod, he delivers his sheep from danger. But even in the midst of his strength, he's tender. Consider the shepherd's tenderness. He never overdrives a single one in his flock. And none are too small, none are too insignificant to be carried by the great shepherd. None are too weak that he cannot provide rest and restoration to our souls. There is no need of yours that he cannot meet. Is this your shepherd? He is the shepherd par excellence, the quintessential shepherd always providing exactly what is needed at each moment. To the troubled heart, he imparts peace. To the weary, he gives rest. To the penitent, he provides pardon. To the hungry, he offers food. To the blind, he makes them see. To the weak, 
he is their strength. To the sick, he brings forth health. To the tempted, he delivers. To the foolish, he grants wisdom. To the proud, he bestows humility. To the guilty, he issues forgiveness. To the living, he promises hope. To the dying, he guarantees eternal life. To sinners, he is a savior. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he, this great shepherd, not also with him freely give us all things? What a shepherd. And not just a shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Can you talk like a sheep this morning? The Lord is my shepherd. Has he redeemed you? Has he purchased you with his own blood? Does he own you? Is he your keeper? Is he keeping you until the final day of salvation? If he's not, he sure can be. He can be your shepherd this morning. Do you not love this shepherd? Do you not long to hear his voice? Do you not want to follow him? Would it not be wonderful to have his fullness supplying your all in all? His wisdom directing your every step? His power protecting you at every point? His right hand upholding you in every situation and circumstance? Talking like a sheep is not all that bad now. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you talk like this? Can you talk like this? I hope you want to talk like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If this is true for you, revel in this reality and keep talking like a sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And if it's not true for you, run to him in repentance and faith. And you'll start talking like a sheep before you know it. You too can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Our great God in heaven, we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ is the great shepherd of the sheep, that he's our great shepherd who leads and guides, that he is our good shepherd who laid down his life for our sins, and that he is that glorious chief shepherd who will return. God, as your children, we anxiously await that day. We say, Come, Lord Jesus, we look forward to seeing the chief shepherd appear in order that we might see him who loves us with an everlasting love and be transformed from one degree of glory into another, finally being made like him when we see him as he really is. God, until then, continue the transformation as we gaze at you through a mirror dimly. God, give us greater glimpses of this glorious one. Give us grace to say more confidently, more often, 
that you are our shepherd. And as a result of that, we lack nothing, no good thing. God, we thank you that you are a good God and you have not withheld anything from us as your people. Help us, God, to rely more fully, more quickly, more often, more completely onto you and your grace. We thank you that we can do it both now and forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.